This is Joan Boney speaking. There are so many Christians today, or people who say they're Christians today, who fail to do the Word of God. They hear the Word of God, but they don't apply the Word of God in their own lives. I have a cousin who's about 97 years old now. She has attended Church of Christ all her life. She told me one day, she just got, she did well during the days, but she was just so lonely at night. Her husband died 10 years ago. I told her, when that loneliness comes on you, if you would just cry out to God for help, he will help you. I had written a book on dealing with destructive thoughts published by Amazon. I sent her a copy of the book. She doesn't live in the same city where I live. I shared with my cousin this scripture in Philippians 6, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God, and the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, will keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. I was certain if she prayed to God when she begins to get lonely in the evening, that he would help her. A few months passed between the time I heard from this cousin and the next time I heard from the cousin. Maybe even as long as a year passed. The next time I talked with her, she said to me, I do well in the daytime, but at night I'm so lonely. Again, I told her, if you would just call on God and ask him for help, you would be helped. And I sent her a copy of my book, Dealing with Destructive Thoughts. I had forgotten that I'd already sent it to her. She sent me a letter saying, you already sent me this book. I'm sending it back to you. That's two times I shared with her turning to God in prayer. And that's two times she did not do that. There's a scripture concerning what to do after the first or second time when they reject the admonition we bring them, the godly admonition. For I was trying to help her to have a better life. If a person says he's a Christian and he refuses to do scripture, he's basically a heretic. Titus chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. A man that is an heretic, after the first and second admonition reject, knowing that he that is such is subverted and sinneth, being condemned of himself. It's Titus chapter 3, verse 10 and 11. After the second 
admonition with my cousin, I did stop talking to her. I didn't tell her I'm refusing to talk to her. I just didn't try to anymore. I knew it wouldn't help. She would not do the word of God, even the simple word of praying and asking God for help. Instead, she wants to talk to other people. This is a common failure in churches. I have seen this many, many times where people want to turn to everyone but God and ask them what to do. And there's one thing God showed me recently. This is a serious matter because those people don't know the future. You could ask your mate, your friends, your neighbors, your pastor what to do. They might tell you the wrong thing because they don't know the future and God does. If you will trust in God instead of trusting in them, God will help you and, and tell you what to do. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who giveth to all liberally, and abradeth not, and it shall be given him. I'm quoting from James chapter 1, verse 5. If you lack wisdom... Let him ask of God. I believe there's an appropriate time to go to another person and bring something up with them, but it's after prayer. First, you should submit your thoughts to God, your requests to God, your ideas to God. If he shows you to go to another person, then go to that person. But first, go to God. Asking him what to do. But if you are a doer of the word of God without hearing, I mean, if you hear the word of God without doing the word of God, this is a terrible, terrible deception. You deceive your own self and you deceive many other people too. For you will come saying you are a Christian when you don't live by the word of God. You don't live by the scriptures. All of them. You don't live by all of the scriptures. So you're deceiving your own self and you're deceiving others. Jesus warned us that in the last days there are going to be many people who come saying Jesus is Lord and they will deceive many. That's in Matthew 24, 4 and 5. And Jesus says, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. They'll come saying, Jesus is Lord. And because they say that, they will deceive many. You are a, Christ, a Christian when you live in the Word of God and abide by the various scriptures and do the scriptures. You can join a church and not be a Christian. You can be baptized in a church building and not be a Christian. You can be instructed by the pastor and not be a Christian. The Christians are the ones who have been born by the Spirit of God and follow God. And as many as are as follow the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. That's Romans chapter 8. If you have 
follow the Spirit of God. You are the sons of God. The Spirit of God reminds us of Scripture. If you follow those Scriptures that God brings to your memory by His Spirit, and you conform yourself to those Scriptures and do those Scriptures, you're a son of God. But there are many deceivers who say they're Christians today. They're not Christians. It's the doers of the Word of God who are the Christians. And you find few people who live in Scripture. They speak Scripture, they hear Scripture, but they themselves do not do Scripture. In the period of 1980 to about 1982, I attended a church in Dallas called Word of Faith. Our Bible teacher at one point said, Many people talk about scripture and at the church, but it's Joan Boney who actually does the scripture. He recognized that. He himself was committing fornication at the time. I didn't know that, but we found out later. Failing to do the scriptures. It's the doer of the word of God who will be blessed. 1 Peter 5, 7 Casting all your care upon him, upon God, for he careth for you. You may think, but how can he reach me? Let me encourage all of us in this subject. God created the heaven and the earth. God can communicate with us. Generally, the way he communicates with me is through the Holy Spirit bringing a thought to my mind to remind me of a scripture to show me the way to go. The Holy Spirit guides us into all truth, teaches us all things, reminds us of everything in the word of God, and shows us things to come. I'm quoting from John. Chapter 14, verse 26. And John, chapter 16, verse 13. I was a Christian for several years before learning these things about the Holy Spirit and how we are led by the Holy Spirit. But in John chapter 14, verse 26, Jesus says, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. We read the Bible and the Holy Spirit reminds us of Scripture to lead us. He brings it into our mind like a memory. We just all of a sudden think of that Scripture when we're in a situation. That is the Holy Spirit, Spirit showing us what to do. Look at another Scripture here. John chapter 16, verse 13. 
Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. Guide. How? Well, you think of one scripture, and you think upon it, and you begin to do that scripture. And it's like you're on a highway, driving down the road, and all of a sudden, there's a fork in the road. And the Holy Spirit brings another scripture to your mind, and you do that scripture. You go down that road for a while with that scripture. In a little while, there's another scripture, and you begin to do that scripture. One scripture at a time. You follow one scripture at a time, conforming your life and your actions to that scripture. And when you do that, it becomes a part of you. And every time we do a scripture, I am convinced we are recreated into the image of Christ every time we do a scripture. And I'm also convinced that that is the way we lay up treasure in heaven, is by doing the scriptures. Here is another scripture for us to consider doing. The Apostle Paul says, Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us, therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. We are perfected in Christ. As many as are perfected, let us be thus minded, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forth for those things that are before. What is the latest scripture God has brought to your attention? What's the latest scripture? Write that down. Follow that one. Take let it take you down the highway just like a vehicle, like a car would take you down the highway. And then you're going to hear another scripture. That is like a fork in the road. Follow that scripture. Forgetting those things that are behind. Reaching forth for those things that are before. If at all possible, the devil will try to get us to think on things of the past, and usually think on things that you've done which you wish you hadn't done. You must not do that. Instead, we must focus our minds on the most recent thing that God has shown us through Scripture or through a word. In January 2020, God gave a word to Pam Paget, who does all the technical work for my books on Amazon. Pam had the word brought to her mind, podcast. Two days later, she told me that word, podcast, or a day later. I said, you better pursue that word and see what that means. It turned out it's similar to a verbal blog, which we were able to be speaking these messages. We got the equipment, we tested the equipment, she began setting it up for we, for us to do these messages that are you are hearing right now. Then I had a dream where I opened my door and outside my house there were all these kittens. There were kittens on the 
left-hand side of the door, kittens on the right-hand side of the door. They were almost all white. There was one that was yellow and white, had a little yellow on it. But the rest were white. In the garage were white kittens. The kittens were everywhere. And I said to God, what does this mean? And I was reminded of baby Christians. And I felt very strongly, you need to make some scriptures, some podcasts for the Christians, for the baby Christians who don't know all these other things that we have been following for so long. And not only that, reviewing these things help us. Pam's been a Christian for a long time. She told me the other day in listening to one of these podcasts, it helped her so much because it reminded her to do this thing of asking God for wisdom. So it helps the Christians who are 50-year-old, they've been Christians for 50 years. It can help you who've been a Christian for two or three months because everything I'm telling you, you can do. You can turn to God, right, and pray and ask him to help you when you are in a point of temptation. Say that you are out at your job and you're being tempted to do something that you know is not the right thing to do. Well, ask God for help. Ask him not to let let you do that. Or if you want to tell somebody off, boy, we really want to do that, don't we? If you want to tell somebody off, Ask God, ask God not to let you do that. If you want to avoid the temptation, God will make the way to escape for you, that you may be able to bear it. Let's look at that. That's a a scripture in 1 Corinthians chapter 10. It's verse 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man but God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that ye may be able to bear it just pray in the midst of the temptation and ask God to help you. Ask God to keep you from saying that thing that your flesh wants to say. Ask God to keep you from doing that thing that your flesh wants to do. This is how we suffer in the flesh. We keep the flesh under control through prayer. We don't let the flesh rise up and do what it wants to do like we used to do before we were born again. Instead, now we pray and God helps us to escape that temptation when we want to escape. There are many deceivers today in the churches. Second John verses 7 through 11. For many deceivers are entered into the world, and I believe into the churches, who confess not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh. In other words, they'll say Jesus is Lord, but by their actions, they show something totally different. 
their actions show he is not their Lord. For if he was their Lord and they were really following the scriptures, they wouldn't be doing those things. Antichrist is opposite to scripture, opposite to the word of God, opposite to Christ. So when we see someone who says he's a Christian going in a way opposite to the word of God, he's Antichrist. If we correct him and he changes his way, that's fine. But after the first or second correction, just walk away from him because he'll wear you out and he will drain you to the point you are in danger of sin. Let's read this scripture once again. Second John, verses 7 through 11. For many deceivers are entered into the world, and I believe that's the church world, who confess not, and I'm going to say by their actions, they confess not that Jesus Christ is coming in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an antichrist, opposite to Christ. Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not, lives not, if he doesn't live in the doctrine of Christ, he hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. If there come any unto you, and bring not this doctrine, receive him not into your house, neither bid him Godspeed. For he that biddeth him Godspeed is partaker of his evil deeds. When I drive up to a, let's say a bank, to make a deposit, and they say, have a good day, I always think, how do you know that I'm not going to go out to do some evil, and you're wishing me well. Don't do that, people. Don't wish another person well unless you are sure that person is following God and is obeying scriptures and is conforming to the image of Christ given in the Word of God by doing the Word of God. Otherwise, you become a partaker of his evil deeds. Work toward receiving a full reward. The Apostle Paul warned the church. He says you cannot have these people sitting in the church who call themselves Christians while they're doing fornication and while they're committing idolatry and doing other sins. Because he said a little leaven leavens the whole lump. Now they let people sit in churches today that are doing all kinds of sin while calling themselves Christians. But we just can't do that. The thing I've done is just leave them. I've left those churches and I just won't keep company with a man who calls himself a brother while he's committing fornication because Paul said, don't, let, don't do that. Do not keep company if any man calls himself a brother while he's a fornicator. We'll read that. It is in 1 Corinthians chapter 5. Paul says in verse 11, But now I have written unto you 
not to keep company if any man that is called a brother be a fornicator or covetous or an idolater or a railer or a drunkard or an extortioner with such a one know not to eat. Paul says in verse 12, For what have I to do to judge them also that are without? In other words, he's saying don't judge the world. But you are supposed to judge the church in these matters. He says, do you not judge them that are within? You're supposed to judge the church. If they're committing fornication, if somebody you know is committing fornication and he says he's a Christian. Paul says what to do about it. Verse 13, put away from among yourselves that wicked person. You may say, but he's a really nice guy. Oh, I have a heartbreaking case where I felt the same way. He was our Bible teacher at Word of Faith. I loved him. Really, I did. But he was committing fornication, and I found out about it in a very strange way. A woman who owns a coffee shop told me one day, she found out I knew this man, and she said, Oh, he is such a bad influence on my boyfriend. Our Bible teacher was a bad influence on this woman's boyfriend who wasn't a Christian. How can this be? And then she began talking about this man's girlfriend. None of us knew he had a girlfriend. He didn't bring her to church. I went to him and I said, I have heard about your girlfriend is this true? And he said, yes. And I, he, he just beat around the bush. I finally directly point blank said to him, are you committing sex, having sex with this woman, with this girlfriend? Are you committing fornication with this girlfriend? And he said, of course. I said, oh, you know the scripture as well as I do. I can't have anything to do with you anymore. I can't come to your Bible class. I can't be friends with you and approve you. He said, that's right. He knew, but he didn't care. He didn't care. It was heartbreaking. I still think of him often today. He was very, very intelligent, very clever, very witty, very desirable person. But he was committing fornication while he was teaching our Bible class. Paul calls that a wicked person, and I'm going to have to agree with Paul no matter how I feel about it. Agreeing with the Bible is a very important point. That is how we are saved. My mother, all her life, dealt in horoscopes, meaning that she would buy horoscopes at the monthly, the monthly horoscope book, and she would read the horoscope to me that day by day. After I became a Christian and saw that God does not approve this, I took Deuteronomy 18 to her and read it to her aloud. God says that all that do these things are an abomination to the Lord. 
My mother got really quiet after I read that passage of scripture to her, and then she said, Well, then, I guess we better not do that anymore. She agreed with the scripture. She was born again at that second. My uncle wrote me a letter and said, Your mother's changed. She's really changed. That's what being born again is, change. Each of you who are listening to this podcast need to have all of these scriptures before you in writing, and we have provided that for you. All you have to do is go to our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortations. You can pull it up on the internet. On the right-hand side, you'll see a little uh, statement that says podcast. Click on that, and you can pull this up. All the scriptures that are on this episode today, on this recording today, you can pull up all the scriptures as well as you can hear this recording again and follow along with the scriptures. It will help prove the truth to you. These scriptures are very important to us, to each of us. Once again, go to Jesus Ministries Exhortations and click on podcast and you can have all of these scriptures in writing and even hear this recording again to help you to form your way. This is Joan Boney speaking, and I do thank you again for allowing me to speak to you today.